I, I'll admit it. I will eat my neighbors. I'm not letting my kids die. I'll, I'm just going to be honest. My superpowers being honest, I've extrapolated this out, and I won't have to for a few years since I got food and stuff, but I'm literally looking at my neighbors now and going, am I ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up? And you know what? I'm ready. My daughters aren't starving to death. I'll eat my neighbors. See, my superpower is being honest. I'll eat your ass. I will. I'm combat model, optimum self-sufficiency, probably the leader. The point is, is have you thought about that yet? Because I'm somebody that thought I could fix this, and I'm starting to think about having to eat my neighbors. You think I like sizing up my neighbor, how I'm going to haul him up by a chain and chop his ass up? I'll do it. My children aren't going hungry. I will eat your ass. And that's why I want the globalists to know. I will eat your ass That's the way first. you make sure you keep the superfluous people under control. You slaughter them. Are you all ready for this revolution? I am a revolutionary. You're going to have to say that I am a proletarian. I am the people. The people are going to have to stand up against the pig. That's what the pastors are doing. That's do what the pastors are doing all over the world. those brothers and sisters? No. So don't let fear divide us. Keep our eyes on the prize. So let me be clear. We as a country, black, white, Asian, Native American, young, seasoned, Muslim, Christian, Jew, Gentile, atheist, all of us together, all of us together, all of us together. Racialized oppression and dehumanization are woven into the very fabric of our nation. People sometimes forget that love Get on the love train is at the root of our resistance. Uh, hi. Welcome to Cabal Theory, a podcast where we take a look at politics and pop culture from America and around the world and try to make the best of it that we can. I'm Skylar. I'm Alina. Hi, how's it going? How you doing? Good. How about you? That's going. I'm a little stoned. I got my got my sipping whiskey and my machete. Whiskey's harsh. We're ready for a podcast. So, um, yeah. How's your week been? Pretty eventful. Watched. Eventful? Yeah. Was, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> I was just trying to make a joke because, I mean, nobody's weeks have been really that eventful, huh? Yeah. I, mean, a lot, I, I know for me it's been a lot of sitting on ass. And I, I've, I'm in, I'm enjoying it a great deal. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I I was kind of beat down before this happened, and I I was kind of thinking about taking a vacation anyhow. And this is a a long vacation. I mean, it's you know whatever. It it helps the warm the soul to kind of think about it that way. Makes me feel better about it. So um, yeah, we watched. Some more movies, because we have plenty of time to watch movies. Um, we, what do you want to do? What do you want to talk about first? Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Great movie. I saw that one in theater. I think it's uh, 2007. I think off the top of my head, Quentin Tarantino. That's a that's a classic. Did you like that one? I did. It's it's kind of like. I feel like that 
I think it's based on a book. I think it's based on a book, but I feel like if Tarantino took his screenplay version of the book, or, you know, his screenplay that's based on whatever book, and then uh, novelized it, I think that would be good. I would like to read that. I think on film it's really good. Like, Tarantino's a... He's a genius, and he, he, he knows how to get the right actors for the roles, and he, he knows how to film things, he knows how to edit. He's a great director. Um, but I, I would like to read it. You know what? Yeah. I think it would be a really good story on paper. It's what they did to the last Harry Potter. What, did the movie come first? What do you mean? It's a screenplay. Oh, they just released the screen. Yeah, yeah. okay. That well, that sucks. That kind of sucks because. So uh, we 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 also watched uh, Silence of the Lambs, right? Yes. Uh, we're not gonna. We don't have to talk too much about that one this week. Maybe we'll save that for next week. But, um, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, I was like obsessed with the books, and uh, Thomas Harris is the author. And I went to the library and I checked out Silence of the Lambs and I read it in like a couple of days. I couldn't put it down. And then I read, um, <clears throat> I read Hannibal, and that was good. That was really entertaining. And then I think there was like another movie that I had never seen. It was like Hannibal Rising. I think it was a prequel. Oh no! Excuse me. You know what? I totally left one out. There's Red Dragon before Silence of the Lambs, and I read that first, and that's been made into a movie like more than once. Um, I think my favorite's the one with Ed Norton. We'll have to watch that sometime. But anyways, uh, I digress. The Hannibal Rising, I saw that it was a movie, and I did not watch the movie, but I did get the book. And um, I I was reading it, and it was total fucking crap. It was very disappointing. And lo and behold, it was a it was just a screenplay that had been novelized. I don't think it was connected to Thomas Harris. Yeah, I, d- I didn't realize that when I got it. But yeah, no, that that sucked balls. Anyways, um, Inglorious Bastards. That's a great one. Um, Nazi so who, scalps. Who, <laughs> I, okay, let me just say, I love watching, I love watching the bear Jew beat Nazis' heads in with a baseball bat. The Bear Jew. The the whole Donnie Donowitz, <laughs> Eli Roth character is just fucking awesome. Uh, he's like a mouth, uh, <laughs> a mass hole. He's got the Southie Boston accent. I would like to see a, a sequel to Inglorious Bastards where um, it's like modern day and a gr- ragtag group of guys just goes around and beats the piss out of neo-Nazis. That'd be nice. I'd watch it. Yeah. So who who okay in in the movie, um, there's like multiple plots going on to kill Hitler. Yes. So who who do you think should get credit? The bastards. You think the bastards get credit? They shot the last shot. The they shot the last shot. <clears throat> Sorry, that messed me up. You're right there. Whiskey. Oh, is that, you're gonna blame the <laughs> you're gonna blame the whiskey. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so you think the bastards should get credit because they shot him? Yes. I guess so. I, I, that makes sense. Uh, but you don't you don't think Hans Landa deserves any of the credit? Hans Landa. You don't. He don't think he, because he could have stopped the bastards with a simple phone call. He, he made that quite clear. He put the bomb. He did, but the, but he, I mean, he he left himself an out. He could have picked up the phone and stopped it from happening. He was playing both sides. He had leverage. What about Shoshana? She would be my pick. I think Shoshana should get the credit. Yeah, Hitler would have died either way. I mean, so because because um, with the other venue they were supposed to have the film premiere in in the movie. Uh, the Ritz. We, we I, I have divulged none of the plot to the listeners, so if anybody out there hasn't seen this movie, they have no fucking idea what we're talking about. So just just pause the podcast, whatever the fuck you're doing. If you're in the car, I don't, whatever, pause, pause, go watch Glorious Bastards and come back. Okay, because uh, I'm I'm just not gonna. It's a great movie, and everybody's fucking seen it. Simple enough. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, no, Shoshana, Shoshana's my pick. Because because if the the other venue had been used, you're talking like four or five hundred more people would have been present, and there's no guarantee that um, the bastards would have been able to pull that off. True. There would have been way more security. Yeah, very true. And they did have great security. I mean, they they got caught mostly because um, von Hammerschmark. What was her What was her name? The actress. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was her von Hammerschmark was the last name, but she she fucked it all up. Left her shoes. She, she should have been in the fucking basement. Brad Pitt had, had the you know, he was the only he was the one that was fucking right. I ain't fighting in a fucking basement. <laughs> There's a few problems with fighting in a basement. Number one of which being you're fighting in a fucking basement. Oh God, jeez, it's a great. It's great. Um, it's I really wanted... long. Mm. The dialogue is good, though, as with just about any Tarantino movie. And um, that's another example. Like last week, we were talking about No Country for Old Men, where Javier Bardem won yes. Best Supporting Actor. Um, Christoph Waltz won Best Supporting Actor that year. Kind of came out of nowhere in American film. Got that role. Did did really well. They had a good campaign for him. And he won. Wow. And that kind of like really uh, jump-started his career. And he's a fairly old dude, right? He's probably, probably when that was filmed in his late 40s. Yeah. And then he did, uh, he was in Django with Tarantino yes. again. And um, he's been in some other, he's, he's a Bond villain now. He is? Yeah, yeah, he's like the Bond villain. I think he's like the current Bond villain. I don't think they killed him off yet. Huh. I think he's going to be the bad guy in this this upcoming Daniel Craig Bond. I haven't seen these Bonds. What's the last one you watched? Was it Casino Royale when we watched it together? Yeah. Oh, there's like... What comes after? Okay, so Casino Royale was good, and then the next one was like not so good. Mm. I can't even remember the name of it, but then there was Skyfall. Skyfall was all right. Adele. Maybe the wait was Skyfall the shitty one. Fuck man, I'm all fucked up here on my Bond movies. Mo- I, all I know is most of the Daniel Craig ones are pretty good. 
um, Spectre, Skyfall. Dude, Spectre's great. There's like the opening scenes, like Mexico City during Dia de los Muertes. Mm -hmm. And um, like everybody's in costume and shit. And it's like this whole one shot scene where he goes through this crowd and then goes up into his hotel. And then he's like, he's like with his lover because, you know, Bond always, he's always got a hot chick with him, right? And he's, every movie. He's changing, they change costumes in the one shot scene. There's a costume change for both of them. Um, it, and, and then he like goes out on the balcony and then it's fucking, it's really cool. It's a really, really cool scene. I have to watch it. Yeah, that's great. I just want to know about the milk in Inglorious Bastards. They, they were dairy farm. They were French dairy farmers. I know. <clears throat> and he gives it to her in the cafe. That's just, you know, that's just oh. good writing. Yeah. You know, that's just good writing. Maybe he did know who she was. I doubt it. Because if, if he had any suspicion that she was Shoshana, he had the power to just disappear her. Which probably would have been, you know. And, but if that happens to you, then you don't have a movie. True. It, the, 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 the question of whether or not he knows is the suspense. And that's what, you know, that's what drives the emotion in that scene. Wait for the cream. Fucking <laughs> yeah, it's, man, and he's just such a creep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's such a great performance. The opening scene. E- everybody in that movie plays their roles perfectly, and that that's the thing about Tarantino is like he just knows how to extract that from these people. Yeah. You know? It doesn't matter if they're A-list stars or fucking nobody extras. Tarantino gets what he wants out of them. Yeah, one way or another. Magic. He's br- he's brilliant. I wonder. I I hope he's not in the Epstein flight logs. Let's hope not. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Mm. I shouldn't. You know, that's mean. There we go, being mean again. I w- so uh, then today we watched uh, Full Metal Jacket. Yes. What'd you think? Sad. Why? The helicopter. I don't. I forget his name. I don't. I don't know if that guy ever had a name. Probably not. You talk about the gunner. Yeah. Yeah, he just fucking shooting like rice farmers. He is. That's how the. That's what the Vietnam was. That's what it was. And the little girl. Like, you get if you think about it from. The perspective of Vietnamese soldiers, particularly North Vietnamese soldiers. Now, I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the Vietnam War. Like, they were fighting off an invasion of their homeland. What yeah. do you do? You know? And some of the tactics we used are um, questionable, to say the absolute very least, without getting into a whole fucking tangent about how America tried to commit genocide in Vietnam. Um, we fucked up South Southeast Asia really hard. Yeah, like from the nuke, and then, um, fucking the Korean War, Forgotten War, and then there there was definitely some like colonial colonialism going on. We got some uh, we had some colonies that we acquired during that time. Hawaii and Puerto Rico. Uh, not, excuse me, Puerto Rico. 
uh, Guam and the Philippines used to be, you know, U.S. colonies, U.S. territory, whatever the fuck you want to call them, U.S. exploitation centers. One of many. And then, of course, Vietnam. Yeah. So, and, and, and it's kind of funny how, like, um, a lot of these MAGA people look back on that time. Like, when they say MAGA, make America great again. They're thinking about, like, when you see the, you know, like, have you ever played Fallout? Or have you ever seen anything from, like, Fallout 3 or... Very little. Or Fallout New Vegas or any of those games? Like... Vegas, yeah. There's, like, all of, like, the vault tech, like, all the pre-nuclear war stuff has, like, this eerie, uppity, very oldies, 50s kind of, like, feel. It's very... um, I want to use the word retro, but it's like way too old to be retro now. You know, it's like old timey and they have like like black and white looking TVs and shit, uh. but they still it's steampunk kind of shit. Like they have the advanced tech, but it's still kind of like 50s diner style. And the women wear those sundresses with, you know, they're white with red flowers on them. And you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So then like. um, it, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. I went on a whole I had to. I went on a digression there. Help me out. It was Fallout, MAGA. Oh, the MAGA people want to go back to like that time, uh. and there and there's several like elements of that time where like Amer- like okay, American prosperity was at its highest. Like people were were making a a livable wage all over the world. Like from factory workers to babysitters, everybody could survive. You only you needed one income to support a household. Everything was great. Everybody owned a car. Um, whatever, at least that's how it is on paper and how the way that people want to remember it. Um, what you forget there is there's like extreme exploitation of peoples going on in South America, uh, Southeast Asia, uh, Africa. Yeah. I mean, we're literally just like, like (laughs) sucking wealth out of those areas of the world. To support our, our American lifestyles of con- of constantly consuming things. You know, the advertising world. We're putting an ad in everybody's face is the most valuable thing ever. You know, advertising time is worth billions of dollars, right? And th- those, those kinds of things, it, that exploded during that time period. And it was all propped up by exploitation of people around the world and... Uh, pillaging and plundering, colonialism at its finest. So, anyways, anyways, anyways. Consent being manufactured? Well, just largely, like, ignored. Mm. You know, and and that's part of that. That, That's part of manufacturing consent. Um, What they choose to report on. Yeah. You know, that's absolutely part of it. Uh, That, you know, Chomsky's analysis comes... What, you know, 15, 20 years after the Vietnam War, 1988, when did the Vietnam War end? I don't, I'm not, 72? I don't, I don't know. 73, I, fuck, my, I, I've said it before on the show, I'm no, I'm no history expert, expert. I just, I can see the absurdity of things particularly well. That's my superpower. Ooh. Alex Jones's superpower is he's honest. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there to Alex Jones. 
um, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. You said it was sad. When you, so, so, okay, I've always said the Full Metal Jacket is like two movies put together. The boot camp, like the first 45 minutes of the movie stands on its own. Yeah. So let's talk about that first. Oh. How'd that make you feel? That was sad. The end of it or just yes. the whole thing where they're just beating up on him? The, the whole thing. I mean, like, the, let's be honest. That guy had no yeah. business. He had no business being there. Couldn't he quit? I don't know. Hmm. Guess. Can you just join another branch of the, you know, like... I always thought the Marines were supposed to be fucking the biggest jar... That's They, they call them jarheads. Yeah. They're, they're you know... Anyways, fucking... That's, it's just great. It's funny. I've always thought it was funny. I, I think this time watching... I've seen that movie a, a dozen times. I think this time I did feel bad for, for old Lawrence. Or was it Leonard? Leonard. Pyle. Was it Leonard Lawrence? I think it was both. Yeah. It was Leonard Lawrence. Gomer Pyle. That's the name. Pyle. That, the, the gunny gives him that name. Uh, but yeah, no, he's just... I don't, I don't know much about that movie. I'm sure there's been plenty of film studies done on the movie. All I know is I've seen it a bunch of times. And I have my own opinions about it, but I've never read anything that Kubrick's had to say about Vietnam. Um, but I, it seems a, it seems completely obvious to me that throughout the movie he's making points about the Vietnam War, um, and I think it has to do because the movie comes much later than the war. The movie was made in what did I say? It was like eighty seven, eighty two, yeah. sometime in the eighties, eighty seven, mid eighties there. So, um. Obviously, he's critiquing the way that the war is being remembered. And there's obvious jabs at um, media coverage. Yeah. You know, during like the round table with the newspaper editor later more, in the film. More blood. Right, right. We only write stories about two things. Um, I forget what the two things were, but they're, you know, they're bullshit propaganda, essentially, is what he's saying. Yeah. We only, we're here to write propaganda pieces. You know, um, so, and, and honestly, actually to, to, if we're going to get on the subject of propaganda pieces and glorious bastards definitely has, um, a lot of that too. Yeah. It's, it can mean the whole, the whole fucking film centers around, um, a, a German propaganda film premiere. Mm-hmm. The, um, the, the doctor is head of propaganda. Dr. Gobbles. Gobbles. Joseph Gobbles. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you know, not to jump back and forth too much, but the propaganda exists. It's a thing. You may not, you may not even realize that you're consuming propaganda when you do, but it's out there. And, and I, and I really appreciate when artists take a critical view of that. I think even right down, right down to the ending, like the sniper that's taken them out. Yeah. Like I, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody mention it, but it's always creeped me out that she seems. It seems to me that she's like, like a sixteen-year-old Vietnamese girl, with an AK forty-seven. I thought younger. Maybe, maybe like fourteen or fifteen, yeah. right? And 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 it's just like, and the way the that they use the music in that scene, and uh, it's just it's very intense. But then when they shoot her and she's laying on the ground and she's praying and, 
It's just fucking creepy, man. It's really creepy. And I imagine that that's how it was. I imagine that that's how it was. And that's... You're going to have a... You've had a lot of that stuff in the Middle East. Uh, you know, kids joining up to fight because, you know, their parents got wiped out. Yeah. And they, they have no... They don't really have any option. They don't have any uh, prospects for their future. So they pick up a rifle. You know, but uh, war is really sad. It is. War is really sad. I think Full Metal Jacket is one of the great war movies. It was very good. Yeah. That's a great film. Um, so, yeah. Let's see, you want to do some news? News? What do you got? Well, I mean, the big story, the big story of the week is uh, coronavirus. Yes. There's a global pandemic going on. Did you know? I did not. You didn't know this? No. Well, allow me to tell you. Please. Uh, no, but it's, um, I mean, it's still, it's still going on. Still a thing. It's not going away anytime soon. Nope. Um, we can, we can pretend that it's not a thing as much as we want, but it's still a thing and people are dying. Uh, we've lost like 15, 9-11s worth of people. Yeah. In, in, in just the United States alone. Um, a million diagnosed. But the, the death toll numbers are, are, they're very, very strong. Um, that's just in the headline here. That's one of my, that's a, I'm just going to read from democracy. Now, uh, the worldwide death toll from coronavirus pandemic has topped 233,000. The official U S death toll has passed 63,000 though. That figure does not include most people who died of COVID-19 outside of hospitals or died of the disease, but were not tested. So, um, in other words, they're fudging the numbers one way or another. You know, there's they're picking and choosing who they want to include in those in those numbers. They did the same thing with Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria. Um, you know, like I still th- I I don't know if they ever fucking revised the official death toll on that one, but it was like it, it was laughable, laughable. The official official toll was like less than a hundred, but the abnormal death count was like three or four thousand. Wow. Yeah, it was, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but. I think it's been revised up to at least like a thousand deaths, but yeah, I know it, it killed a shitload more people than they officially say. And, and, and you, this is one of those things that you can pretty easily track. Like it, it, you can get a rough idea just by like how many, how many people died last April. Yeah. And then how many people died this April? And is there a big fucking discrepancy? Well, yeah, actually, it turns out there is. So, little one. Yeah. And again, I and I'm sorry, folks. I don't have those numbers in front of me, um, but you know, you can find them. These these things are these things are not that hard to find. Um, and then I I'm gonna scroll down the page a little bit. I'm still I'm reading from Democracy Now. This is I think this is my favorite headline this week. Trump claims pandemic began in Chinese laboratory. Offers no evidence. The laboratory cat got his breakfast. The laboratory cat got his breakfast late and pushed the glass off the counter. 
didn't it? Did you write that down? I did. That's adorable. Because hey. cats like to knock shit down. Little assholes. So like, the, as you're saying that they had a lab, the lab in Wuhan had a cat. Of course. And the cat knocked over the vials of virus. Yes. And just unleashed hell upon the world. You have to feed them on time. I mean, my cat likes to knock shit down just for the sake of knocking shit down. Yeah. She's kind of grown out of it. I think she's sick of it. She's she's. I read somewhere that it's like a it's a thing about they're testing a gravity. They're little scientists. No. I think she's she's learned. See, cat, she's cat in a laboratory. Yeah, no, she's a little scientist. She's learned. Uh, she's done her research. She's published. Um, her research is it's being peer reviewed by other cats, conducting similar experiments around the world. Is she from MIT? <laughs> Taking a, another Alex Jones reference. Yes. Uh, to say that she has, she she's physically been to MIT. <laughs> you can say that much. You know whether that that's that if that's comparable to actually having a degree from MIT, that's for you to decide. Anyway, so uh, yeah, no Trump. Trump said this. Um, this doesn't even deserve any attention. It's obvious. This is just fucking stupid. Um, look over here. You know what I mean? That's what it is. That's it's just look over here. Um, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. You know. Not not to suggest that this is exactly similar. It's just distraction. It's just sleight of hand. Pay attention to this instead of paying attention to whatever else he doesn't want us to pay attention to. And obviously it's working because I'm I'm not sure what he's distracting me from today with this one. Or yesterday. You know, the other week it was uh that his loans are coming due with China. Maybe it's the same story. Maybe it's uh maybe it's just the the criticism of the federal government's response to the pandemic. I don't I don't know what he's trying to distract us from, but it's a clear play. This is what he does. Um, he just says shit, and then he gets quoted in the media as the source on the shit. And then a couple, couple days go by, and somebody says, well, no, that's not true. And then they ask him about it, and then he says, well, no, I never said that. And then that's the end of it. Like, he's just going to, in a couple of days, he'll just say that he never said that. And that'll be the end of it. Like, who gives a fuck? Like Oz from The Wizard of Oz. It, it's, it's, just, it's just fucking, it's fucking stupid. It's fucking yeah. stupid. Okay. So, if if you're listening to this podcast right now, and you think that, the coronavirus was like is like engineered to um I lost my train of thought. If you're listening to this podcast and you think that the coronavirus is like an engineered weapon that came out of a laboratory with the express purpose of doing damage to to America or anybody else, you're fucking stupid. You're fucking stupid, and I don't know how to help you. I want to help you. If you think that way, if you think that this is like a weapon, I, I want to help you. I just don't think that I can. 
uh, I'm sorry, read a book, go on YouTube and do some like online schooling or like, I don't know, fucking get your GED, do something, but just turn off the news because this shit's, it's becoming unhealthy for you at this point. Um, that being said, viruses have been jumping from animals to people forever. This is a thing. Uh, it, 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 it happens. Um, there are countless examples of this throughout history. And this is another hurdle that we're going to have to get over. Um, and frankly, if they, if they're actually concerned with saving lives, the correct answer here is to keep shit shut down because we're starting to see like a slow quote unquote reopening stage one. Yeah, here here in our state, they're calling it you know phase one. We're I think um, I I haven't done too much homework on this because I I just think it's all foolish. Personally, that's just my personal opinion. Um, reopening anything at this point is just foolish. It is because we we're still we're still months later having the issue about being able to test people. We still can't test everybody that we suspect of having COVID-19 or that show symptoms. Yeah. It's still, uh, oh, you have a fever, go home and lock yourself in your room until you get worse kind of thing. And, and I'm, 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 am I being utopian to think that maybe we should shift our, shift our resources into mass producing tests? Maybe at least, at least, at least one for every American. No. Could could we create a test, a testing kit, uh, three hundred fifty million of them? Yeah. I, I think we could. I just, I just, I don't think it's outlandish to think that we could do that somehow, some way. You know, we command can. economy style from the top down. We could get that shit done. But we we have incompetent children in charge and all they care about is bank account their bank account in switzerland or you know they are pedophile islands that's all yes they're pedophile islands that's on the tops of these motherfuckers lists you know yeah they're running out of children but yeah i mean whatever eat the rich Roll out the guillotines. I, I, I don't know what else to say on that subject. Um, coronavirus has been a fantastic distraction from uh, the other thing that's going to kill us all. What was the thing? What's the other thing that's going to kill everybody? I forgot. Global warming? No, they call it something else now. They got another name for it now. Climate change. Climate change. Climate change. I'm, of course... I'm, of course, being facetious. <laughs> um, climate change is very real. Yes. We're feeling the effects of... Um, yeah. We're feeling the effects right literally now. right now. Hottest April. Yeah. Did we actually... Did we get to 100? Yeah. It hit? Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I, I was... It was too depressing. I couldn't look at the, at the temperature. Yeah. We had 100 degrees for the first time in April ever. And um, even though CO2 emissions are down in the in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, uh, there are other there are other factors at work that have to do with um, 
the exhaust we put out that are that are causing the planet to warm rapidly um so i mean it's you know it's a win loss i suppose it's better than nothing it's better than nothing true um and i think that the 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 two main takeaways that i want my neighbors and and listeners the the two things i want you to take away from the coronavirus pandemic is that number one we can deal with climate change on a massive scale. We can do it. We can shut the shit down and come up with new ideas and start running things on renewable energy and um, use energy sources that don't destroy the planet. We can do it. And and I think that this, I think that the global shutdown, the way that we have reacted to this pandemic, uh, can at least provide the outline for the blueprint to deal with time, uh, with climate change. Number two, wealth comes from the bottom up, not the other way around. We the lie of trickle down of trickle down economics has been disproven once again. Um, because the the rich bourgeois class has been shitting their pants that we're not out there working. Yeah, because uh, you know their stocks are taking a hit. They're 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 losing money. They're losing their net worth is slip unless your name is Jeff Bezos, who made like twenty five billion more dollars this month. He did. Because everybody's ordering shit on Amazon, I guess. Yeah. I see I was always under the impression that Amazon like delivery, um the whole like Amazon dot com website that you go on and buy shit. I always was under the impression that that operated at a loss. That Amazon actually loses money doing that? I don't know. This is just this is just something I'm I'm just shitting it out. Uh, hit me up on Twitter if I'm wrong. Uh, you know, but um, I think that that Amazon.com operates at a loss, and that most of Amazon's revenue actually comes from the AWS, comes from their web service and their hosting, and their server services. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they're more a company like Google. It's like Jeff Bezos was really smart. He started he started an online bookstore. And uh. and it was all I mean from the very beginning it was about gathering information about about people. And and honestly, how do you how do you learn about how do you learn about somebody? A great way to learn about somebody is to look at their bookshelf and see what kind of books they read. Jeff Bezos knew that. Yeah. Yeah. So he he created a massive treasure trove of information about Americans and, and you know people around the world. Well, there you are. And he, you. he has he has parlayed that into a you know hundred billion dollar fortune plus some. Yeah, damn. You look at my bookshelf the first time you came you came over. Of course, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You don't have one. No, most of my books are on my phone. You know, I always thought like if I ever did like um like a an appearance on another show where I had to do the webcam and stuff, I would green screen in a backdrop, but it I I would do not like a bookshelf, but it would be like all my files, all my EPUB files uh-huh. like on a page, like <laughs> it, like the folder of just with all the book files, and I'll put that as my as my backdrop, you know. Because like everyone, they're always behind. They're always in front of their bookshelf, right? Yeah. 
or at least, you know, they're either at their desk in front of a window or something like that, or they're usually they're in front of a bookshelf. It's a bookshelf. Right. And I don't, I don't have that many. It's just they're burden. They're very cumbersome. It's something you got to carry around. It's just another thing. I love them. Yeah. They take up fucking space and they kill trees. I have a purse. And I love And I have a phone. (laughs) All right. Right. It comes pre-installed with an app that fucking reads books. I'm just saying, I you know. I know. Uh, coupled with, uh, I don't know how much I should say on the pod, but I haven't paid for a book in um, in a long time. I haven't paid for a book. I just I just download them. I paid Sorry. for one. Sorry, I don't pay for I don't pay for most of my movies either. Sorry. I don't pay for mine. No, no, I don't. I, I I'll support artists in other ways. Um, they will, you know, if I appreciate an artist's work, they will get money out of me. It's not. It's you know. No. Yeah. We can argue about that philosophy, but whatever. If you, I mean, if you put the book out there, if I fucking borrow it from somebody or I download it online from somebody, what's the fucking difference? I'm still gonna read it, and I'm still not gonna pay for it. <laughs> I'm, just bar- I'm just borrowing it. It's like an advanced online library. Yeah. I like good logic. Yeah, whatever. Maybe I'm a scumbag. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to sit on my ass and, and fucking smoke pot, read books. I don't want to be all depressed about all the all the stuff going on in the world. But it's just it's it's depressing. It's brutal. We I feel like I I feel like a broken record. I say this every week. Yeah. But it's it's just fucking true. Sometimes I just want to get this fucking machine. Oh, hey, hey, give me something to cut. Give me something to cut. What? I'm ready here? to go. Let's go. What are you doing? What? That did not cut very well. Oh my god. Woo! That was fun. All right, that felt good. I wish it. If I wish that thing was heavier. What was that? It was like a drink holder from Duncan. Yeah. If that had a little more weight, I think it would have it would have cut way more clean. Mm-hmm. Happy? We'll work on it. No, I feel better. Feel better. I feel much better. Absolutely. Good. We'll work on that though. Um, it's um just more depressing shit. Yeah. No, and and more bad takes on Twitter. Yeah. It's just. Uh. And, and and with all this shit people going on, people are still worried about whether or not there's going to be sports. <laughs> that fuck it. That's the one that blo- like. And this is coming from somebody that I have a tattoo for a sports team that I like. I have a Red Sox tattoo on my arm. I'm a fucking fan. I love sports. It can wait. It can fucking wait. Right. It's See, not the- going anywhere. No, there there will always be fucking. There will always be sports. Yeah. Even communist countries had sports, don't worry. And for a while, they were better than capitalist countries at sports. Wow. We should watch the uh, that ESPN 30 for 30 about the 1980 Olympics, the the hockey team. I'm down. I'm shocked, right? That, that was a good, that was a very good um, doc. Um, oh, you know, we, we did have one more story, and I think we we ran right over it. Did you want to... Oh, yeah. You want to talk about that? 
Sure. Poop. That was Miss Story. We may be able to track coronavirus. When you say we, you mean you and me? No. CDC. We. Did you say? Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so say what? What are they going to do? So there's a chance that the CDC can track the coronavirus through feet waste water waste sorry which was used to keep track of polio in developing countries but if we still do that we'll be behind we need the testing more than anything i i don't so i i had seen that story that's actually a thing we that we do it's a yeah. thing it's not um abnormal to track the wastewater for for stuff i think um i think in the article even they mentioned the most the most uh recent mainstream application of this was they were tracking opioid use yeah um i don't i don't know how effective uh effective this will be you know but they absolutely should try take a look at it but um i feel like trump take a look at it we're gonna be taking a look at that um, but yeah, no, um, that's a thing and they should definitely be trying that. That definitely works. I, I feel much better about wastewater tracking than I do, um, like the big tech companies using our fucking cell phones to, to track who we've been in contact with. Oh yeah. You know, that, that's an idea that's been floated and I haven't. You know, I saw that get covered, but I haven't seen anybody really, like, talk about it. None of the talking heads on TV, there hasn't been very much news analysis about that story. Um, you know, the, the buzzword that they use is contact tracing. That's what they, contact tracing. They're going to trace everybody you've been in contact with so that they can assess, um, like, if you had coronavirus and who you had gotten it from and how far you may have possibly spread it. Mm. And, I mean, that you know, that has, like, a... A legitimate um, medical application it's still scary yeah you know uh, in 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 1984 it's really hard to get away from the from the cameras and the screens that can see you and in real life it's like we've just completely invited them in you know whether it's ring doorbells or webcams on your laptop or just a cell phone you know yeah, there you go. But that's that's one of the things they're going to be doing, and that's how they've manufactured our consent to let them do it because global pandemic. You know, they're going to use that to get the okay, or not even really the okay. Just uh, they don't they don't need it. They don't need our okay. No. They just don't. They just need us not to take up arms and riot and start burning shit down. That's what they. That's what they need. Yeah. Right. Which we definitely shouldn't do. We should not take up arms and riot and start burning shit down. Not not yet. No? Too early. Oh. <laughs> Let us know when. Yeah. Well. Folks, listeners, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And, um... You know what we 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 cannot we cannot keep fighting the good fight without your support. We need you to 
go over to our website, which is cabalwars.com, <laughs> and buy some of our products. Or just straight up, I'm joking, there's not cabalwars.com, at least not yet. Uh, we do not have any kind of donation or funding service set up yet. I've considered setting up a Patreon. Um, I might do that at some point in the future. But um, I just I don't want this to ever be motivated by money. Um, we do this because we we want to. It's a nice outlet to express ourselves. And like like Lord Obama said himself, um, sitting around pouting is not enough. That's not activism. Um, and you know, one of the ways that I choose to be an activist is to get in front of a microphone and talk about this shit, you know, give my point of view because, because I feel like there's more, there's more people out there that feel similarly, uh, similarly to me. And if they hear it, um, they might be encouraged to, uh, you know, crack open some Chomsky or listen to some Ben Burgess or, you know do whatever it is they need to do to establish their ideology. Because like I, I've said before on the show, I, th- I think that most Americans do not have any ideology whatsoever when it comes to politics. I think they just make shit up as they're talking. Seems that way. No, yeah. Yeah. That's just talking to average people... Like I play a lot of online games and you get into you get in these groups with random ass people from all over the country or all over the world and you start talking about these kinds of things with them and you run into some fucking bizarre opinions. I can't tell you how many people I've met that think that Michelle Obama is a man, is a transgender woman. Really? Really. That's a thing. That's the thing that people think cuz she's got like broad shoulders and she's kind of tall. What? Okay. Now, I just got to address the whole this thing. Let me give my opinion on this conspiracy theory. It's completely um, the people that think that Michelle Obama has a penis uh, are the same people that don't like Barack and Michelle Obama because they're black. Uh. And I'll just I'll leave it at that. Now I will say there are plenty of reasons to dislike uh, Barack and Michelle Obama, and the least of which. Is their skin color. And her penis. Her alleged penis. Yes. You want to end it there? Sure. It's been a good week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.